1: Here comes our number three DMV. Hope everybody's doing well this afternoon. We are broadcasting live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 on your AM-FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app, and we are on the stream at thefandc.com and theteam980.com. However, you are tuned in today. We appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. I am Danny Noakes, Mike Marr in studio producing the show. And we enter the final hour of today's program where we will be focusing solely on a little bit of football. National Football League, college football, it's all coming your way right now. And to kick things off, we go on over to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet and beat the books with BetQL. Say hello to the rooster. Chris Russell from the Team 980 with us now. Rooster, what's going on, buddy? How you what's doing up, today? Danny,
0: how are you? It's been a little while.
1: Yeah, it has been, and and it is always a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. So I'm glad Let's you're here. here.
0: Hopefully, you're watching a little college football right I now. Am. Little Colorado, I am. USC. Uh, been bouncing around, yeah. Caleb Williams dialing it up. I mean, it got a little touchy there uh, at twenty-one nothing. Mm-hmm. Made it twenty-one seven, and then you know they block a punt, come straight back, and he just throws a dart over a linebacker. And uh, this just in, Caleb Williams from Washington D.C. Pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but I was watching the beginning of the third quarter, uh, Arkansas and A and M, and mm-hmm. uh, the A and M quarterback just threw a horrible horrible little quick pivot drop interception on the first play in the third quarter for a pick six (laughs) that got Arkansas back in it. And actually I bring that up because, you know, it'll lead us into the commanders, you know, conversation. They're going to need to hit plays like, like A&M screwed up and Arkansas capitalized on to, I, I think to pass the ball successfully in this game, at least early on. And if that's not part of the game plan, I don't know what I'm missing, man.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and, and you lead us perfectly into this discussion of the commanders in this big divisional game against the Philadelphia Eagles team, who's who's playing very well, particularly defensively. So, Chris, if that's where we start our conversation, you mentioned the commanders needing to hit some of those big plays. The offense did not look very in sync last week. Some mistakes certainly made by Sam Howell, but also some head-scratching decisions that were made as well. So, what's sort of your 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 number one objective that the commanders need to accomplish to even have a chance before that we talk about them actually winning this
0: game? Yeah, I mean, the number one, you know, look, everybody knows you can't turn the ball over really six times, five times in actuality, yeah. a six-time turnover on downs on the fourth and goal, right, which they really mm-hmm. had no chance on. So it was really six turnovers. You can't obviously do that. There can't be any more than two if they're going to have a chance to win this game, and even two might be too much, Danny. Uh, let's start with that. Then the sacks. Obviously, nine has to go to three, tops four, because they're drive killers. And, you know, I I remember in, I think it was 2013 or 2014, I wrote this long column and this detailed study that I came up with on, and it was about Robert Griffin III, and it was how sacks are just as bad as interceptions. And I mean, Mm. I got so much crap. I mean, the (laughs) fan base was so livid. And I started to think, wait a second, am I missing something here? And, and, you know, the arguments are, of course, an interception could be as much, you know, could be like a punt, like the Josh Allen to Kendall Fuller interception last week was essentially a punt, Mm. right? I mean, it was an interception, but it's essentially a punt. So not every interception in my eyes was the same, but a sack, especially on an offense that's not built and not many are, but not built to, uh, you know, to succeed on third and long, and certainly this one isn't. Even though they have some weapons, um, to me is as much of a a, a a turnover, if you will, or certainly a drive killer than anything. And I know a couple of the series. I think it was three series where sacks came on back to back plays. I mean, obviously, that's there's no chance of survival there. But even one sack on one drive puts you way behind. And I think this offense, right now, if I remember correctly, Danny, I saw it earlier this week, they're like third and nine and a half, roughly, on average, third downs. That's the worst in the league by far. By far. This offense is not built... And no offense. Uh, well, I shouldn't say no offense. Maybe Miami is, maybe Kansas City is, but they don't get that point. That's the point. You've got to avoid mm-hmm. these long situations and put yourself in a position where you have to seven step drop, where the quarterback can't see, where the receivers are not getting open. And that was a problem. You know, I talked to Jay Gruden earlier this week, who does a normal spot. Uh, with me on Mondays on, on 980. And, and he was mentioning that the receivers, in his opinion, on a fir, cl- first glance of the all 22 were just not getting open. And yes, that is part right. of the problem. They're not running the ball. They're not getting good enough protection. And Sam's not seeing it. So right now, it's not one thing. It's like four or five things.
1: Yeah, and understandably so, Chris. The sack problem is at the forefront of a lot of these discussions around the commanders this week because that number last week, nine, is just absolutely ridiculous. But there's been a lot of back and forth recently about the O-line and and whether it's their fault or if Sam Howell is just holding on to the ball too long. And I think the easy... The easy uh, answer here is that it's a little bit of both, but the data does seem to suggest, and and to note that Hal has held onto the ball for too long mm-hmm. throughout his career. So, how do you think Eric Bieniemy should handle getting his quarterback to take less sacks? Or what sort of things do you see them scheming up for him? Is right. it as simple as getting like quick passes,
0: screens? What, what what do you see? Well, you're you're a big college football guy, I, and I know you know yeah. you know your NFL as well, but you pay probably more attention to college football than even I do. I, mean, I watch it every Saturday, but I don't sit here as religious about taking notes and whatever. But you remember that Friday night in Blacksburg, right? In Sam Howell's final oh, season in North Carolina. Yeah. like six. That, that sacks. was actually a good night. <laughs> right, right. Like six sacks. Uh, I think he had three turnovers or whatever it was. It wasn't even yeah. close to what happened last Sunday, but it was kind of similar in nature, right? He was running for his life. And part of the problem yeah. is, again, you know, like we can look at all these metrics and say, oh, he's got more time to throw he's got more time to throw because he's not throwing it. He's it's, it's not necessarily because he's got great protection. It's because he's not hitting his, his first or primary or second read or going through his progressions quick enough. It's not that he is not smart. It's not that he's not studying and preparing. It's just, everything is different when the bullets are flying for real on game day, as opposed to practice when they can't touch you. And this was always my thing. Like, you know, coaches, I understand they don't want to get their guys hurt, but, you know, I mean, quarterbacks playing the quarterback position is way, 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 way different in practice than it is in games. And I still don't think Sam played enough in the preseason in a new system and all that stuff. Anyway, we can argue about that from now until kingdom come. From a philosophy <laughs> standpoint, Eric Bianami of course has to run the ball more. It, there's no reason, there's no now you can't get into a shoving match against Jordan Davis and the Philadelphia Eagles. They shut pretty much everything down up the middle. But Danny, I did some research. Yeah. They average yielding about six yards per carry. It's a limited sample size, only about nine or ten carries, to the outside perimeter, meaning the outside the left and right tackle, about six yards per game. Again, limited sample size. So what I would do is I would play more 12 and 13 personnel, 2 and 3 tight ends, bulk up a little bit, help yourself in pass protection, help get blockers out on the edge for screens and smokes and tunnel screens and whatnot, because when you do pass, I want quick one-step pivot drops, quick three-step pivot drops. I saw too many Mm -hmm. sacks, and I've seen too many sacks, on deep drops, where you shouldn't be getting sacked, but Sam is getting sacked. I want the ball out of his hands, I want quick one-read stuff, I want more running, and I want to protect the offensive line and sam howell as best i possibly can against philadelphia
1: chris russell with us now on the betql guest hotline bet smart and beat the books with betql chris i saw one of your recent tweets about the productivity of terry mclaurin in in last year's win for the commanders Mm -hmm. over philadelphia up in philly which was shocking obviously but you, you mentioned that if memory served correctly, he was most often covered by Darius Slay. Right. And and whether or not that's true, I, I imagine that there will be a somewhat different approach there. But from the commander side of things, do they start to look back towards Terry in, in, in this game? Because my guess is they try to slow the game down and, and control the tempo a bit because I, I don't know they feel that they could sort of match the offensive firepower that Philadelphia has.
0: Yeah, I mean, in that game on the Monday night last year, they dominated time of possession 40 minutes. And what they did was they ran the ball really well by smoke and mirror and design and eye candy in the first half, like 30 carries, 29 carries for a hundred yards. Well, it wasn't a big average, but then they started opening up the passing offense more in the late part of the second quarter, second half to Terry and Terry wound up with, I think it was eight catches for a hundred and roughly 28 yards, somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. on 11 targets. And, You know, so far through three games, he and John Dotson only have 16 targets each, and that was the point: is you got to get them way more involved. And the way I think you get them way more involved is what we were talking about just a second ago: Uh, more wide receiver screens, tunnel screens, slants, quick stuff. Until they prove that they are jumping that, and when you see them jumping that, because maybe you're telegraphing it a little bit, that's when you can start your double moves, your longer developing routes, in my opinion, if you're holding up enough in pass protection. And by running the ball more at them, then you wear them down hopefully a little bit. And then when you get into, I don't know, third and... You know, third and four, maybe Jordan Davis is a little bit gassed. Maybe, uh, you, you know, I mean, maybe Hassan Reddick is a little bit gassed and doesn't have the same mm. juice in his legs. Maybe Jalen Carter is not as explosive if you get into better down and distance type situations. So it really is the mix. It's not, say, just throw the ball to Terry every other down because they're going to jump that. I mean, Darius Slay is going to be on him most of the day, not all of the day. It kind of depends on how, uh, Eric enemy kind of of deploys uh, Terry McLaurin in terms of the matchups because the Eagles will play more zone uh, than they will man. So again, you will get some matchups. You know, I think you can take advantage. I'm not sure how they're going to play. Like Bradbury last week started in the slot, then he came outside because the kid that Tampa Bay was picking on was Josh Job. And I think Washington, whether he's in the slot, whether he's outside, I think they can pick on him. So if you get a matchup of Terry or Jahan versus Josh Job, which is likely to happen, to me, if you can hit on that, that's going to make things dicey for the Eagles and it's going to slow down their pass rush a little bit. It's going to make them, uh, you know, maybe shade a safety over, uh, the top. And then it's going to lighten up your box and it's going to allow you to run the ball better and thin th- some things out in the middle of the field. So to me, like all of these things have to come together. It's not just targeting Terry. Of course we want to target right. Terry, but target Terry with a plan and a concept and a thought.
1: Chris, real quick before I let you go, I've got about a minute or two left. I want to look at the defensive side of the ball here too because I've labeled the commanders defensive line versus the philadelphia offensive line as as my key matchup to watch in this game because mm-hmm. I, I just think what we, what philadelphia has offensively we know the weapons at, at wide receiver aj brown Devontae smith hurts their quarterback but the way that they're running the ball this year should scare people because deandre yeah. swift is giving them i think an added element to their offense that they didn't have last year so one guy though on the on the back end Emmanuel Forbes Jr. I think has 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 had some has flashed some some good uh, talent, although he gets picked on a lot. Right. So I, I'm Up wondering yeah. if yeah, it, I wonder if they're going to attack Emmanuel Forbes in this game. But I, I think the defensive line can really help things out if they get pressure on Hurts and and just allow or not allow Philadelphia to run the ball like they have been. Yeah,
0: I think you can kind of penetrate and 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 try and you know get some. Uh, Some movement up front by attacking their guards. I don't know if it's a smart idea to go against Elaine Johnson or Jordan Maialata. I mean, of course you're going to go against them, but planning that, eh, probably not. So I think you can get some inside penetration, which may force Jalen Hurts out of the pocket, or if you get it with the right lane discipline, you might keep him in the pocket, which is where I think you want to play the Philadelphia Eagles. To your point, DeAndre Swift, not only is running the ball well, but he's explosive and he gets big gaps and lanes. And it's up the middle, too, because that offensive line is so good with Kelsey Lane Johnson and Mayalata at the at the left tackle center and, and right tackle spot. So again, obviously, like what I said yesterday, is you you want to force them into as many third and six, third and sevens. Easier said than done. You don't want to expose Emmanuel Forbes. Here's the one matchup that I'm kind of worried about, and he's played well so far this year, which he wasn't last year at this time in terms of the early part of the season. Kendall Fuller. Versus Devontae Smith. Remember in the second quarter, week three last year, Devontae Smith absolutely ate Kendall Fuller for lunch and spit him out and rehad him for dinner. If you see that (laughs) early on, that's going to be a problem if Devontae Smith is just running wild and free and running away from Kendall Fuller. So that's where that pass rush comes in even more because they can't afford to let what happened in that particular sequence in one quarter, in week three of last year, just totally change around a game, Danny. It was nothing, nothing going into the second quarter. It was 24, nothing at halftime. And Devontae Smith, again, just ate Kendall Fuller for lunch. That cannot happen in this game.
1: Yeah, definitely can't give up points in bunches. <laughs> we talked about all this stuff that the commanders got to do right for this to go right, to, for this to go their way. And and obviously, you can see why the eagles are laying about nine points, depending yep. on where you go as we head into this matchup. But Chris, great insight as always, man. And and you know what? It's just great to catch up with you, buddy. So I hope you have a awesome rest of your Saturday. Enjoy the college football and enjoy the NFL tomorrow, man. Good to we'll, hear from you.
0: We'll do. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Heading up to Philly in the morning, so uh, you know Good. one. Th- okay. you know one thing. For sure, when you go to the link, you're going to eat well because they have an excellent press box. (laughs) I love that. I I love it for
1: you, Rooster. We'll be following along on Twitter. Thank you for your time today, buddy. We'll appreciate you. Sounds you got good. it. There he goes. That's that's the rooster, Chris Russell. You can hear him one to four weekdays over on the Team 980, one of the stations that you can hear us right now, along with 106.7 The Fan. We will step aside and we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more NFL to cover. We're steamrolling towards the end of the show, off the air at 3 before we hand it off to Toby Altizer. So stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.